Knowing how you'd play it If the chance to play it over ever came But then a Monday morning quarterback Never lost a game. Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast on a Victory Monday, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com, along with Scott Reynolds, also of PewterReport.com, here on a special Monday because we are, Scott, officially nine days from the 2021 NFL draft and a chance for the best to get even better than the Super Bowl champions that they already are. Seems a little bit like a cheat code to give the Bucks <laughs> yeah. the draft this year. Remove, get the Bucks out of the draft. I mean, I'm sure there's teams that would like that, right? Yeah, and um, it, it's a victory Monday too, John. It's a victory Monday mm. every Monday um, until the Bucks lose, which won't be until September, maybe October. If, if. <laughs> maybe they go undefeated, you know. It happened before in, in, uh, in Tom Brady's regular season. Was it back in 2000? Seven or something like that. Seventeen. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while, Possibly. but uh, but yes, uh, we had a great time at the Arians Family Foundation last night. Saw Jason. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. yeah, Jason Light was there. Bruce Arians was there. Um, John Spitek, Mike Beal, the director of college scouting, was there. Rob McCartney, pro personnel. Um, everybody was there. We, we we talked a lot of draft. And unfortunately, everything I was told was sworn to secrecy, so I can't reveal any of the details until after the draft. So, are you gonna like leak little nuggets out though, like on this show, maybe in our articles with the players that we put as Bucks best bets? Can people kind of assume there's some inside intel in there? There is, but it didn't come from last night. Uh, the closer you get to the draft, those lips yep. they get yep. sealed tight. So, uh, we do have some intel, but it has come from. From uh, weeks and months ago, not uh, yeah. not right. necessarily uh, from the last twenty four hours. So right, and, 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 here's some you, of that. Oh, and, and, and a lot of times, the the late breaking news that you hear, not just from Tampa Bay, but from around the league, it's disinformation. It's it's people putting stuff out there, trying to get players to fall and slide, mm-hmm. and um and and so this this next two weeks here, this week and the days leading up to the draft, it's misinformation time around the league. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, part of the fun is weeding yes. through it all and trying to figure out what's legitimate and what isn't. Uh, it's always part of the challenge for sure. Uh, I will say this. On this show today, we're going to talk about quarterbacks for this class. Yes. I know there's some, there's two different groups of people, I've realized, Scott. One, people on one side of the fence are like, Bucks aren't taking a quarterback. Why are you guys talking about quarterbacks? Blah, blah, blah. Yes, they are it's taking both. a quarterback. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Whether you want one or not, John Ledger, they're right. taking one. <laughs> That's right. Then there's the other side that's like, oh, I, you know, let's take one. What if we took one of 32? What does that look like? You know what I yeah. mean? And we don't think that's going to happen. The truth is somewhere in the middle, as it that's often right. is with these things. We're going to talk about that on the show. We'll also let you know what's the latest with Blaine Gabbert. If you read the PR roundtable uh, on uh, pewterreport.com on Sunday, you saw that we uh, pretty much as a staff want Blaine Gabbert back as, as a backup, but uh, we haven't gotten to that point yet. He is not re-signed. He is not signed anywhere yet. Uh, so right. uh, all eyes turn to Blaine Gabbert. We'll talk about him, give an update on him on today's and, show as well. And we want to start promoting this. We'll talk about it later in the show. But Scotty Miller will be our special guest. That's right. Mm-hmm. Miller time. Bucks wide receiver and NFC championship game hero. Scotty Miller will be 
uh, on Wednesday's podcast, which will be live from the mill in South Tampa. And uh, we're going to be having an exclusive right. part of that. And uh, it'll be a later show from 7 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday night. So 7 to 8 p.m. We'll have Scotty Miller from uh, the Buccaneer Super Bowl team uh, joining mm-hmm. us live uh, at the mill. Yeah, it's going to be a great event, a great time leading up to a gr- leading up to another great week with yes. the NFL draft around the corner. So lots of great content coming your way. And it's all brought to you by our friends over at Celsius. I got mine, Scott. Oh. Celsius. Power you that day, lives every day. I got the Fuji Apple Pear Sparkle. Oh, 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 you got Look at that. Yeah. Oh, first time. Great show. Let's go. Is yeah. that the first time? It's the first time we've had the same beverage. If we had one more guest that had the same beverage, it'd be a jackpot. So That's true. But you know what? Pewter Report fans out there. What? Healthy energy accelerates metabolism. It's always a jackpot with Celsius. Okay. Whether whether it's Fuji Apple That's Pear, true. whether it's the, the, the Heat Series – Blueberry pomegranate, that's that's a favorite of John and I. Uh, I like the orange. I like the, the creamsicle. Boy, if you haven't tried that, uh, you, you're really in for a treat. Um, but all of the flavors can be found uh, by visiting Celsius.com. If you want to find out where you can grab a can and check it out uh, to see what flavor uh, hits your palate, uh, then go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, then type in your address in all of the locations with health and fitness stores, the, the big stores like the Walmarts and the Targets. The grocery stores, the convenience stores, they'll all pop up and you can grab one. And then when you know which one you like, go to pewterreport.com. As you're checking out your Bucks news, click on those Celsius banners. They'll take you to Amazon where you can save a bunch of money and get them shipped to you in bulk. And that's how you save. So uh, make sure that you are checking out our good friends at Celsius. It's a tremendous beverage. And as John said, no sugar, no preservatives. That means plenty of energy and no crash. Yep. Hoping for this Celsius does the trick today, Scott. I'm also hoping for continued better internet access over here. I appreciate everybody who's been bearing with What's us. The, the, the update it's not on your Spectrum. Fault. It's oh, it's no, it's not. It's and that's the yeah. frustrating part. If it was it's something not user fix, error, by right, any it's means. not exactly right. We have a brand new modem, brand new uh, router, all of it. Uh, our upload speeds have been great the whole time. The issue is with Spectrum and uh, their connection in this new plan, this new neighborhood that I live in now, where there's a lot of building going on. They are sending out some technicians. They're sending out some maintenance people. They're going to look underground at the at the wires and the connections. They think there's some maybe some things loose there. So it's, it's a whole big event. It's going to be a neighborhood event pretty soon, Scott, But because yeah. I'm one of the only people in the neighborhood live streaming. You're leading the charge day. for change. I'm leading John, the charge for change. Yes, exactly right. So I am uh, literally and figuratively a groundbreaker as they go to uh, look at exactly. these, these wires underneath the ground. So I'm surprised. I'm surprised we haven't had fans that upon hearing this news say, get your ass back to Pennsylvania, John. Right. 
<laughs> I, I thought about it myself. With all these won a Super Bowl. Okay, go back north. You know, at That's least right. at least until the the Wi-Fi can be figured out. I know. Who would have thought it would have been better in the mountains of PA? But uh, yeah. it'll get fixed. We'll get Spectrum. will get things figured out. Uh, we believe in them. They have been great over the phone for sure. No question about that. So yes. hopefully today's show goes off without a hitch because we've got to talk about Brady's update, which he gave last night at the gala that you were at on his knee and his knee surgery for this off season yes. and the fact that he. Thinks he's making the progress that he should be making. Not quite yep. ready to go today, but he said if the Bucks have a mini camp in June, he thinks he's going to be good to go. Scott, that's pretty good because the Bucks yep. don't have another quarterback on their roster. Scott, what's going on with Blaine Gabbert? That's right, uh, Blaine Gabbert. Right now is he's taking in all those comments. Remember when Jason Light was on our our podcast right after the Super Bowl and was professing his love for Blaine Gabbert, and we throw such a beautiful pass. He just stands in watches him and admires the strong arm and all that. Look okay, at his well, hair. Yeah, look at his hair. Look at his flowing locks. I mean, well, listen, Blaine probably watches the Peter Report podcast, and why wouldn't he? So he's telling his agent, hey, these guys really love me. You know, Bruce is saying that that I'm exactly what he's looking for. You know, I know the offense. I've been around for three years now in his system from Arizona to a couple years in Tampa now. Um, and he, he probably wants to get paid like, like a backup, you look around the league, and some of these backups, like the Chase Daniels of the world, right? I mean, I mean, they're making four to five million dollars a year, and I'm I'm not Blaine Gabbert's agent. I'm not telling you or him or anybody how much Blaine is worth, but I, what I'm guessing is, what I'm hearing is that Blaine would like to get paid a lot more than the you know just over a million dollars he made last year, especially if the team. Uh, looks at him as a possible successor to Brady, and that's exactly what Jason Light said. You know, now right. I don't think they're ready to anoint him, or, or you know, I don't think Brady's ready to to you know get ready to pass to pass the baton or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there'd be a competition, um, and I think they're going to draft a quarterback, and we'll talk about that in a minute to throw into the mix. But when you look at at the fact that right now it's Tom Brady is the only quarterback on the roster. You know, we've talked about all all of the, the needs. And, and the future players, the future starters, like like they're going to draft an interior offensive lineman, John. We know that probably early. Why? Alex Kappa, Aaron Stinney, Ryan Jensen, all going to be free agents. Jason Pierre-Paul, last year of his contract, he's going to be a free agent. He's coming off of back-to-back -back seasons, off-seasons with knee surgery. He's 31. He'll be 32 in January. Jordan Whitehead is in the last year of his contract. Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard. Leonard yep. Fournette at the end of their, you know, they've got one year left in their contract. So there's a lot of future needs to address, mm -hmm. but the more immediate one might be quarterback. I think Blaine right. comes back, but they're going to need a number three arm. And I think with Ryan Griffin, John, being 30 years of age, having hardly zero experience in the league in terms of actually playing in games outside of the preseason, I think they want a younger, cheaper option at number three. Mm -hmm. that has more upside, that has a higher ceiling that they can at least say is a developmental guy. I don't think there's any more developing with Ryan Griffin. I love the guy, but I, I he is, I think, a number three quarterback in the league. He's 32 now, too. I mean, right? I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he's over 30. So they're, they're, they're looking – I mean, he and Blaine Gabbard are the same age, and Gabbard is a ton of more experience right, than, right. than Griffin and better, better physical tools. So I think they're looking for a younger quarterback. They're not going to automatically draft one, and I think if they don't, after the draft, they circle back around and they can always re-sign Griffin for one more year, then figure out the quarterback position going forward next year. But there are some intriguing names in this year's draft class, John. Yep. Um, we, we, I've written about them in the latest SRS Fab Five. We've got the Bucks' best bets 
and uh, and our quarterback preview up today. Yeah, and Mark wrote about the the what about twelve quarterbacks deep in this class uh, and kind of detailed their games a little bit. And then you wrote, obviously, as you do every year, the Bucks' best bets at the quarterback position. So if people haven't checked that out, go over to PeterReport.com. You can check out our positional preview, our breakdown yeah. of the Bucks roster right now at the quarterback position, and uh, Scott's Bucks best bets at that pos- at the quarterback position for this upcoming draft. We do about a Bucks best bet. For rounds one through three and rounds four through seven. So an early and a late option for the Bucs at quarterback. We will be right. doing this for all position groups, by the way. So tomorrow, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends after that. Mm-hmm. I got the your boy as the offensive line coming up on Thursday. Right. I know y'all didn't want to watch the big hog molly, so I watched them all for <laughs> the fans. I wrote up their assessments. I'm almost done with the tackles now. I've did a, I've noted which ones I think are Bucks fits and that you guys should take, you know, if you're gonna watch one. You know, watch, check out this guy's tape and yep. you know, be kind of aware of him when the draft comes up. And I'll write about those guys in depth for you because we know the Bucks are almost certainly taking offensive line at one or yeah. two points in the draft maybe. But for the quarterback position sexy, today, but it's necessary, it's not, John. It, it's vital. You don't want Brady yeah. going into what could be the last year of his contract with any question marks up front. So take care of that group, get it ready to go, and then yeah. you bring and back you Capra so, or whatever. Listen, you can have Patrick Mahomes, arguably the best quarterback in the present day modern NFL, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's no good if he's running for his life and having to to throw in the run and have incompletions and drops galore and then you know getting sacked three times and that's what happened in the Super Bowl and that's a big yeah. reason why the Chiefs lost and the, and the, the Bucks won because the Bucks had the better offensive line not just the defensive line but the better offensive line because Brady didn't mm-hmm. didn't really get I think he got sacked one time in the game and yeah. and otherwise the protection was great they opened the polls for for Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, and you need an offensive line um, that can withstand some injuries too. The Bucs were fortunate last year. They only really lost Alex Kappa, and that wasn't up until, you know, the 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 playoff game against Washington. And yeah, Donovan I mean, Smith missed a game. When right? Marpet missed a couple games, it was yeah. it was ugly. Yeah, it's the Saints. Joe Hayes, sure. it, it was a struggle. Yeah, it's yeah. important. Yeah, but, 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 his- you know, but then they, they put A.Q. Shipley in at center. Mm-hmm. For the, the Panthers game, you had Ryan Jensen out there at left guard powering Rojo's 98-yard touchdown run, mm-hmm. right? So it's yep. important to have quality depth, and I think that's that's going to definitely be a position of, of need and early on this year as interior offensive line. I agree. So what point in this draft did it you – know, so let's clear this up right away. Before we even talk about when they'll draft a quarterback, Scott, you are – I would. I don't know. I want to put words in your mouth. I don't want to say a hundred percent, but what percentage certainty do you have that the Bucks are going to draft a quarterback in this class? Well, I, I think given given the fact that they only have one quarterback on the roster right now, and and just for the reason, like I said, I think they would prefer a younger arm that has more potential sure. and right. cheaper than Ryan right. Griffin. Um, I, I think it's better than fifty percent. That they'll draft one at some the, point. Okay, so draft. better than 50. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to go but higher percentage. No, I, and the reason why I'm tempering that at just better than 50 is because there's really only about four quarterbacks I can see them you know, taking in this year's draft. Only four. Yes, right. And, and, and they're not going to take one at 32. So that leaves essentially six rounds, and they'll have, what, six picks because they've got an extra pick in, mm-hmm. in the seventh round. So they've, they've got – They've got some some spots to take quarterbacks, but the problem is, is you know, once two of those guys are gone, right, then you only have two left, and then it gets down to do we want to take this guy in the fourth round or do we want to take a quarterback? Because we have this positional player rated as a third rounder, and we really like him, and we think right. that he can be a future starter, whereas we're drafting a quarterback of the future, and, you know, he's got to be the number three to start, uh-huh. and he's got to be the number two. 
then maybe he can develop into the number one. Right. But, Let, if let's talk- but if there's a positional player that you think can be a future starter yes. in the fourth round, then then you have to really weigh it. And then I don't think they're beholden to taking mm-hmm. a quarterback this year, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did. But, yeah, it's on their radar for sure. They've looked at these yeah. guys. They've talked to a lot of them. Um, the players were necessarily referring to, assuming the top five quarterbacks obviously are off the board uh, by the time the Bucks pick in this draft. Kyle Trask from Florida, Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, Davis Mills from Stanford, and the fourth guy that you're maybe referring to, Scott, am I guessing that it's, is it Jamie Newman or is it Felipe Franks late in the draft? It would be Felipe Franks. Okay. And, so and we- that, that might scare some people, especially some Florida fans out there. That <laughs> Scares me, and I'm not even yeah. Florida. <laughs> um, but the, the thing is, when you look at, at uh, Felipe Franks, and we'll start at the bottom and kind of work our, our way up, right? Um, the interesting thing about, about him is, is – he, he had a, a rocky start mm-hmm. in at Florida in yes. 2017, nine touchdowns, eight interceptions as a freshman. Uh, Gators, you know, didn't make a bowl that year, 54% completion percentage. Then, then he had a, a, a better uh, 2018. They won 10 games. They beat Michigan in the bowl game. Wasn't, I'm not going to say it was because of Franks, but it certainly wasn't in spite of Franks either. 58% completion percentage. So you saw some growth there, almost 2,500 yards. 24 touchdowns, six interceptions. So much, much improved decision-making there. And then there's the athleticism that you have to factor in too. In 2018, he rushed for 350 yards, which, you know, he's he's not a Marcus Mariota type, right, where he, he did a ton of running at Oregon. But Franks has got some some speed. He's a big guy, just under 6'7", yeah. uh, 230-some pounds, uh, but runs a 4'5'9", and he scored seven rushing touchdowns. Then – had a really good start to his 2019 season before fracturing his ankle, completed 76% of his passes in four games with five touchdowns, three picks, and then lost the job to Kyle Trask. And, and then when he was able to, to fully recover, he went ahead and transferred to Arkansas, where, interestingly enough, he became a team captain right away as a senior and mm. had uh, a, a nice completion percentage, 68.5%. Uh, a lot of RPO, so a lot of really quick, easy, simple reads in the Arkansas offense. But 17 touchdowns, four interceptions. Again, that, that's a, a quality ratio. And, again, it's the physical tools that are somewhat intriguing. And when we're talking about Felipe Franks, John, we're not necessarily talking about a fourth-round pick here. We're talking about maybe a sixth-round pick at the quarterback position. Yeah, A guy that can come in and, and really kind of physically reminds me of a little bit of a taller Blaine Gabbert. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that like to excite Buccaneer fans because I'm not the biggest Blaine Gabbert believer. Um, and I'm not a, a big believer in, in Felipe Franks. I'm just trying to connect some dots as a sure. as a journalist here. If right. they like what Blaine Gabbert brings to the table, strong arm, good size, pocket presence. Blaine Gabbert ran a four six one coming out of Missouri. Here you've got a guy in Felipe Franks that is kind of like that, doesn't have the draft pedigree. Blaine was was a first rounder but mm-hmm. has some similar style and, and physical skills that maybe could be developed in time. Right. I mean, I, I'd be the first to tell you, and I wrote an article about it. I'm not taking a quarterback if I'm the box this year yeah. in the draft. Just not taking one. I don't think that it's worth it. for the. You could get a better player probably at some point in the draft. Um, I don't love this class in general, but I think if you look at this quarterback class yeah. and you say, okay, where are the potential guys coming from? You know, you could take a late flyer on Franks, like somebody said, you know, QB3, maybe, like you're okay with that. 
I just you know, those kind of picks just tend to be wastes of picks, especially that late in the draft. Yeah. I mean, Franks is going to be a sixth round pick at best, right? More sixth, than likely seventh a seventh pick, or yeah, undrafted free agent even. And like, mm-hmm. I just don't know what that you know. I could maybe get a special teamer there for right. for two or three years. I I just don't know if I'm going to get anything worthwhile, even if Franks has to play. I, and right. I, obviously, I know you're not saying you're not making this point. I'm yeah. just saying. This is my position on the, on the Cole take a quarterback late. Yeah, and, and you know what, John? I agree with you. I, I agree with you right. this year. But we've got to connect the dots. That's what we're trying yes. to do. We're trying to say, what will the Bucks do and whether we like right. it or not? And that's what the Bucks' best bets are. It's not saying we want this quarterback or we even think yes. it should happen. We're saying this is what we think will happen. If the Bucks take a quarterback yep. on day three, it's we thought be, Franks would be. Yeah. Franks. We, that's yeah, how that's, we're connecting the dots. That's exactly right. So Jamie yeah. Newman's on the board, yep. Ian Book, Sam Ellinger, but – Book and Ellinger, we rolled out pretty quickly, I think, in yeah. our conversations. Just don't have the size. Exactly yeah. right. It's just the the limitations. You know, you mm-hmm. Bruce talked about upside, right? You at least want guys right. with some upside. That late in the draft, if you're taking a flyer, at least go with a guy with some arm strength and movement. Oh, yeah. ability and front, well, in so. size too, John. That's a big thing for Bruce Arians. He is a pocket passer type of guy. You go back to Pittsburgh, John. I mean, who are the quarterbacks there, right? You're looking at Ben Roethlisberger, looking at Byron Leftwich. You know, and we I saw Byron last night. He's every bit of six foot five. You know, yeah. And 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 he and Ryan Griffin six four, Blaine Gabbert six four, uh, Tom Brady six five. So he likes the bigger uh, quarterbacks to have that pocket presence. So that, that's just one of those things. When you're six mm-hmm. foot, Ian Book. I mean, you're you're crossed off right there uh, in, in Tampa. I'm not saying, right. and and you can make the case for the the Kyler Murray's, you know, the, the Russell Wilsons, the Drew Brees is all you want. That's fine. But mm-hmm. Bruce Arians is the head coach here. And he right. he has a certain type of quarterback he likes. You're forgetting, Scott Bruce, that Brady was a sixth round pick, oh, so it on. is not a waste. Good the point. Ultimate <laughs> outliers. The ultimate outlier. Of okay, course, I mean, simply draft the next Tom yes. Brady. In this. Yeah, just just find simply, him, Jason. Simply make Felipe Franks the next Tom Brady. No, yeah. uh, early in the draft. Okay, this is where the conversation got interesting for us. Well, you and I went back on this for a while because mm-hmm. there are three names kind of that are on our radar early in the draft. So not in round one, probably almost certainly, but round two, round three, obviously Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, and Davis Mills are the three yes. names. So you and I went back and are any of these guys going to be available on day three? That was our first thought. We feel pretty good that Kyle Trask seems to have the most pliability in terms of some people think he's going to go round two. Some mm-hmm. people think he'll be available on day three. Yeah. You guys heard Dane Brugler on our show uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago was telling me he doesn't, he thinks Cal Trask has a way better chance of being there round four than he does at going any point in the first round. He was completely right. out on the idea of him going in the first round. Peter King wrote this morning, I believe it was Peter King. Sorry if I'm misquoting him, but I believe he wrote that he, that Cal Trask could go anywhere from the first round to the fourth round. So mm-hmm. he thinks the range is even larger. I asked a couple other experts over the past few days trying to get an idea, get a gauge, people who hear more things than I do, especially about the quarterbacks. Where's Who's going to be the next quarterback off the board after the first five? Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills. I heard Kyle Trask as an answer from one. I most thought Davis Mills, yeah. but there, there aren't necessarily – that's not a lock for Davis Mills. Most thought that, but some thought Davis Mills could be the third one off the board. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some concerns out there with Davis Mills. We'll just say that. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see what his projection, where he ends up going. There's going to be teams that are all over the place with all three of these guys. Every analyst that I talked to admitted this is not an easy one to call and that all no, teams not. are all over the board with these three guys. John, so, let, me, let me ask you a couple questions. Yes. Uh, is Trey Lance the, let's say, the, the ninth best player in this draft? No. I don't think so. Is Mac Jones the third best player in this draft? No. Okay. 
So my point is here, and I, I might even ask you, is Zach Wilson the second best? And you might say, yeah, he's, maybe, he's whatever. Okay. No, but, but my, my point is this. They're all quarterbacks. They're yeah. all going to get overdrafted because that's what happens at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's the first round. But, but that type of thinking is everyone's still trying to find a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, whether whether it's for the immediate starter or for a team like Tampa who looks and says, well, we might need a future starter, right? Right. I mean, gosh, look what the Packers did last year. They they spent a first-round pick. They have Aaron Rodgers, who's the MVP of the league, and they spent a first-round pick on Jordan Love. So Remember Christian Hackenberg, second-round Jets? I know. I mean, he yes. was useless as a quarterback, and there yes. he goes. And Quarterbacks get overdrafted. So I'm, yeah. I'm agreeing with you, John. I, I think that, that whether it's you know Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, Davis Mills, I wouldn't be surprised if any of these guys last until the early stages of the fourth round, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're all gone by the end of the second, only because there's only so many decent quarterbacks in this year's draft class. And that's always a position in demand. It's always Mm -hmm. a position that teams that tends to get overdrafted. Right. I mean, Dane told us, he said he thinks Kellen Mond could be a second round pick, definitely a third. So he, he feels, I think most people I talk to feel confident that Kellen Mond will go on day two he could be the third guy drafted out of those three two. Some people think Trask is going to go second round. Some people think he's going to go fourth round. There's a lot yeah. of variance on where people see Trask right now. John uh, Mond, yeah. I think people think is going to be a day two guy. Mills yeah. on ta- on on field, most people are intrigued by day two. There's some injury stuff. He only has 11 starts. How's that all going to pan itself out? That's where the questions are with Mills. I think that'll have. So I think he goes round two probably the way that we've right. heard about it now. Round two, maybe early round three. The, the struggle for us, Scott, was one of these quarterbacks is going to go before the 64th pick in the draft. Yeah. If that's the case, which one is most likely to be off the board? So the Bucs aren't even considering that guy right. at 64. Then it becomes a two-man battle. That's what we had to figure out, and it was kind of difficult based on even trying to pull people to get answers. There is no consensus on how this is going to come down to. Yeah. You eventually went with Kyle Trask as the fit for the Bucs as the early uh, yeah. Bucks best bet at quarterback. Yeah, and, and for a couple of reasons. Number one, when you look at, at Kyle Trask, he is not going to be for everybody because mm-hmm. the trend in this league right now is to find the guys with mobility. And for that reason, I think Kellen Mond, who is a, a lot more mobile than Kyle Trask, uh, could go ahead of him just for that reason. Uh, even yep. if you like Kyle Trask better as a as a pocket passer or as a pure passer, Kellen Mond has that that mobility, that versatility that makes him a little bit more of, of a complete player, not necessarily quarterback, but player. And so I, I think that maybe 15 years ago, Kyle Trask is probably has, has a higher draft status. Um, I mean, 15 yeah. years ago, he probably wouldn't have thrown for 43 touchdowns this year, the way the college football and, and the NFL have gone with, right. with, uh, with so much passing. But that's what he did. He threw for 43 touchdowns, eight interceptions, the most touchdowns this year in the FBS and set a new Florida record. And, um, 68.9% completion percentage, finished fourth in the Heisman, 4,283 yards. And as, as a, you know, I, I heard the word around one Buccaneer place is that he kind of reminds people of, uh, of Brad Johnson 2.0. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is meant to be a positive because you're still operating in a pocket passer system. <clears throat> and we know that the bull took the Bucks to the Super Bowl, didn't do it by himself, right? I mean, Brad Johnson by himself, I think he only went to two Pro Bowls in his career, but he was really a point guard. Keyshawn Johnson, Joe Jaravicious, Keenan McCardell, Mike Allstott, and Michael Pittman out of the backfield. Ken Dilger, Ricky Dudley at tight end, right? So he had a plethora of weapons, and and Kyle Trask 
kind of the same way at Florida, right? Uh, you yeah. got Van, Van Jefferson, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony, Trevon Grimes, a lot of weapons, but he was that trigger man that got everybody the ball. He he was the, the distributor, the point guard. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Tampa Bay, listen, as great as Tom Brady is, um, a lot of those weapons did a lot of the work too, you know, and get the get the ball in the hands to the playmakers in Tampa Bay and look out. And so I think that I think that's kind of the appeal there is is that he's that, that pocket passer that could fit in. He's played in battle tested in the SEC with the DBs that they have at LSU and, and Auburn and and uh, Alabama. So I, I, I think that that, uh, that he would probably be uh, there when the Bucks want to pick a quarterback, which I think may be the third or fourth round. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I was going to ask you. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Your way you're describing Kyle Trask, Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl with the Bucks. It was a long time ago in 2021. Yeah, where are you drafting Brad Johnson? You know what I mean? Like you're not drafting Brad Johnson before the third round, right? I mean, like you have to, like so is Kyle Trask then gonna? Be, so you, what you're saying is Kyle Trask to the Bucks, Bucks, Bucks best bet for the early quarterback, probably selection. third round, which, probably which, third round. Which when you think about it, I mean. It, the third round in 2021 for the Buccaneers it's is tricky. far different <laughs> than it, it usually is. Usually it's yeah. like, oh, okay, we're 10 picks into the third round and the Bucks are on the clock. No, this is at the end of the third round. So it's right. that end of third round, kind of early fourth round. Again, keep in mind two things, Bucks fans, when it comes to the draft. Number one, there are not 32 first rounders in that have first round rates, right? There's right. about... 15 to maybe 20, 22 that do. At 32, you're drafting a player that essentially has a second round grade. That holds true in the third round, too. In, in the third round, at number, at the 32nd pick in the third round, you're essentially drafting a fourth round player. That's just how it is. Number two, there are pools of players that, that teams like, um, not necessarily rounds, but just like pools with, within certain, uh, certain places within the draft. And, and so, they're going to have to compare. Well, do we want to take a quarterback like like maybe a Kyle Trask at the end of the third round, or do we want to take a positional player? And then, how many of these guys do we like that we think are going to be there by the time we're on the clock next? Right, right. It's uh, it's a, it was the way of thinking about it that you just described finally convinced me on Trask because I'm with you. I think he's the least likely guy to get selected in the second round out of yeah. the three quarterbacks. I agree. Unless, you know, like I said, Mills is going to be all over the place, but some team's going to like him, I think, and take him in mm-hmm. the second round. Mon could go sometime in the third round, but I yeah. don't. I think it's going to be before the Bucks pick. I agree. I think Trask is the one. Now, he, I'm not yeah. saying it could surprise me. I think he's the one most likely to be there for the Bucks in the third round, and right. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback in the second round. I mean, Mills I and Mon could be off the board by the time 64. I, I think they will. I, yeah. I think I think, I think Mon will certainly be gone by the time mm-hmm. the Bucks pick in the third round. I think Mills might be too. And now, um, now they the one that intrigues me the most is Mond. I'm already said I'm mm-hmm. out on a quarterback. I don't want to take any of them. I'm yes. just saying the one that intrigues me the most is Mond because I think about what Arian said about upside and it had a ton of opportunity in college. And I get that there's mm-hmm. some irony to saying that the guy I think in this class that has the most dropbacks or of any call of any quarterback in this yeah. class of Aiken Mond, Texas A&M's all-time leading passer. Right. Yeah. Like to say that he has upside is I know laughable, but I just think. His biggest issue is consistency. If you took Mon's mm-hmm. best stuff and best senior bowl, right. best you know, best throws and regular best throws and big games, all of it, like he can be 
good for parts of all these games. He just can't right. do it consistently. And that ultimately is what separates, you know, quarterbacks that are just kind of around and yeah. quarterbacks who are great. And and I don't think Mond will ever get there. I think he's got a better chance of getting there than Trask or Mills. Mm-hmm. Mills has some good points too, but to me, the issue with Mills when I watched him, the dude is just crazy reckless with the football. I mean, I got and, some Jameis vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I and, got some Jameis vibes, Scott. Like he just <laughs> He can make tough throws, vertical throws. That's why I thought, man, he might be interesting for the Bucs. We haven't heard that buzz necessarily, but right. I really do think Mills has some traits that they look for. Plus, he definitely will risk it. and yeah. He doesn't always get the biscuit, though. <laughs> right. and the thing is, John, only 11 career starts for Davis Mills. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he really – that's a bit of an unknown. I mean, that's not even really starting a full college season in, in a – in a regular non-COVID year, I mean, that's you're looking at 12 games. A bowl game is 13. If you make it to a championship game before the bowl game in your conference, you're playing 14 games. But right, so it, that that's a scary proposition there. But John, it listen, it, it's all of this stuff is just it's gambling. It's just you know, yep. it's that's what it is. That's right. And and if if you want to gamble, um, there's no you better like place sports, to do it. You, there's you know no where to go. Then my bookie watching. Any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a stake in the game. But regardless of why you play, you need a platform that makes it easy. At mybookie.ag, they make it easy. Whether you're looking to bet NBA, MLB, or other major events like this weekend's UFC 261, mybookie is the best place to bet. And though the odds can change, if you bet on Masvidal right now to win the fight, you'll triple your money. That's right, a $100 wager on Masvidal would net you 300 bucks in return. If you're going to bet, there's only one place to do it. It's at MyBookie. Sign up right now with the promo code Pewter to get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. That's promo code Pewter to get the free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Good stuff and a good question here from Claude. Claude says, why are we talk, focusing on Trask when Bruce Arians' own son said on a t- on a talk show that Trask does not have the skills that his father is looking for? I did hear, by the way, that this was said by Jake Arians. I'm not sure. I didn't. I don't have the full quote, so I don't want to completely yeah. quote him or anything. But I did hear that was said, and actually, that was my thought too. And that's why I was so uh, about Trask. Like I, I, you know, to me, it's upside, right? Bruce Arians talking yeah. about upside. Trask has the least upside. I mean, to me, mm-hmm. like physically, athletically, he's completely tapped out. He very much is what he is. It's accurate to a degree. He throws nice touch passes down the field. He's not mobile. He's not going to create. Right. He n- does not have a lot of zip on the football. But here's the thing people need to think about. Jason Light's drafting a quarterback. He's not drafting a quarterback for Bruce Arians. Bruce right. Arians' quarterback is Tom Brady. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, Bruce Arians' job will be to help whoever, whatever quarterback is in. But right. if they're drafting a quarterback – we don't know that Bruce Aarons is ever going to coach that quarterback as a starter. Someone else right. may someday. Again, we doubt it because <laughs> we don't think that quarterback will ever necessarily become the starter, the, yeah. the ideal starter anyway. But he's not drafting a quarterback for Bruce Arians. So while Jake and Bruce are probably going to have their opinions and Bruce will, I'm sure, vocalize those opinions to Jason yeah. to an extent, he really kind of does, I think, let Jason do his thing. But also, I don't think it's necessarily in mind for those two to be married because we don't know whether Bruce Arians will be the coach when Brady retires. Bruce Arians very well may join him at that point yeah. in time, and it would be a new a new coach. That's a him. great point, John. I mean, Bruce Arians signed a five-year contract, right? He's getting ready to enter year three, and Tom Brady only has this year, next year under contract. I could definitely see Bruce and Brady going out together. 
Yeah. And that, that would mean that Bruce would be, you know, you know, turning the, the ship over to somebody else four years into his, his fifth, you know, contract, especially if they win another Super Bowl. I think Bruce Arians would be very satisfied, whether it's winning a Super Bowl this year or next year, to to have two rings uh, as a head coach on his way out the door. And uh, and 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 that that's a good point. It's it's uh and, and I don't think there would be any animosity because again the right. play, the player that the Jason would be drafting at quarterback would not necessarily be the one who would be seeing the field even mm-hmm. while while Bruce was the head coach because uh, if he if he prefers Blaine Gabbard as the backup that's fine then Blaine will be number two and this guy whoever it may be will be number three at least for the next two years. Right. Now you've seen all three of these guys, Scott, and I've kind of given my thoughts on Kellen Mullen, but I am curious mm-hmm. out of what you've seen from these guys, you know, outside of just the, what we think will happen or what we think we're trying to read between the teams with the box, just your opinion on these three guys. Like, is there a guy that intrigues you out of these three? I mean, I've, we've, I know I've said I'd pass on all of them, but it Mond is the most intriguing to me. Is there a guy yeah. that you feel like intrigues you the most out of these three? Well, you know, I, I look for competitiveness and, and see again, um, you know, I, I believe in analytics. I believe in looking at, at the numbers. I also believe in things that cannot be measured, right? Mm-hmm. Things that don't show up on a stat sheet and they're not numbers. You can't quantify them. Grit, determination, leadership, competitiveness. Those are things that are hard to quantify. You can't look at the stat sheet and come up with those. You have to look at the film and see how the player reacts. A couple of things about Kellen Mond, right? I, I like the fact that every single year his completion percentage went up. You you talk about numbers. That's what you look for. You look for growth, not just you know um, you know from the freshman to sophomore year, but from the freshman to senior year, right? And he stayed four years at Texas A and M, became the all time leading passer, and his completion percentage went from fifty point fifty one point five percent as a freshman hmm. uh, to fifty seven point three to sixty one point six to sixty three point three, and the touchdowns. To, to interception ratio, that's another big one too because that's that's usually an indicator for decision making, right? Yep. That should improve. Eight touchdowns, six picks as a freshman. That's fine. Most freshmen, that's what you get. The next year we saw the quantum leap to 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions. That's really good. Mm-hmm. The next year, 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Okay, you know that's that's on par uh, with with what happened as a sophomore. But then the senior year, only in 10 games, but 19 touchdowns three interceptions, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a hell of a ratio. And then you throw into the fact that this kid goes to the senior bowl and, you know, by all consideration was probably the best one there was the, was the senior bowl MVP. And that's difficult to come in, learn a new offense, uh, try to build a rapport with, with new wide receivers on the fly with three days of practice and go out there in the game and be a gamer. And that's what he was. Yeah. And the thing I like about, about Trask is kind of the same way. He's, He's a gamer. He goes out there and competes, uh, you know, just about throw for throw um, with with Mac Jones in that that SEC championship game. Alabama came out on top of Florida, uh, but 408 passing yards and three touchdowns against the Alabama defense. No interceptions. That was really good. Now he ended on, on a horrible note: three interceptions, loading a pick six against Oklahoma. Uh, he saved his his worst game uh, for his last one, unfortunately. Um, but you know, you look at, at at Trask. He had six touchdowns to open the season against Mississippi. Six touchdowns against Arkansas. Those are lesser competition right. uh, for sure. 
but um, but he's got that kind of gamer quality, and I think that Mond has that too. I, I like the competitiveness on those big stages, whether it's the Senior Bowl or the SEC Championship game. And I think those guys have delivered. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a very interesting group because of the upside of we say upside again with Mond. I don't. Know it's there or not i just think it's there that's that's kind yeah. of where i've considered it at this point mills i do think there's something there i just i wonder what the ceiling is for a guy who's not really a creator he doesn't throw in the move yeah. he doesn't get out of structure he doesn't really play like the athlete that he that he tested as right. that's not really his style you know he, when he got out of the pocket actually yeah. i thought things dipped dramatically for him he was not yeah. nearly as good when he he's, got out of structure in, in my opinion he's the least excitable for me i would say mond then trask then mills for me <laughs> And the other thing too is is we are transitioning to this to this game where I mean the defensive players John they just get bigger and faster right mm-hmm. and and they they get on top of, of quarterbacks uh, so yeah. fast now and the offensive line play John without these without these OTAs and these two days in training camp offensive linemen just aren't as good coming out of college as they used to be it takes time for them to develop the Tristan yeah. Wirfs are the outliers they're the exceptions not the rule mm-hmm. and so. Uh, I, I'm a big believer now that moving forward, you probably are inclined to get a more mobile quarterback. I think that's the appeal a little bit to Blaine Gabbard, who's who's got some wheels. And you look mm-hmm. at, at Mond, 22 rushing touchdowns, right? I mean, he had three touchdowns as a freshman, seven as a sophomore, eight as a junior, four last year in 10 games, yeah. averaging four yards a carry. So uh, he can do some things that, that uh, I think that Trask and Mills can't do. Right. Good question from Kyle here. Uh, $5 super chat. We really appreciate that from Kyle. Uh, he says, in my favorite mocks, a top four cornerback falls to us at 32. Then combined uh, a combination of interior offensive line or edge, uh, Landon Dickerson or Miners in round two, or Ben Cleveland at round three, uh, Peyton Turner in round two, or Cam Sample and Ellerson Smith in round three. Um, thoughts. I think Cal sounds like he reads our stuff, which I yeah. really appreciate because we like <laughs> a lot of these guys. there. Yeah, yeah, this is great. Um, I, my quick thoughts, Kyle. I try to get in my mind a scenario where a top four cornerback falls to the Bucks. I don't think it's going to happen. I would love to take cornerback just because they don't have a lot of needs. I think it's one of the positions that you should be deepest at. Definitely question marks with Jamel Dean um, and uh, and Sean Murphy Bunting. I would love to see him take a cornerback at some point. If Greg Newsom, as Bill Byer says here, hell yeah, if Greg Newsom gets to 32. I agree. Hell yeah, yeah if he gets to 32. I mean, but I, I and I, I know I've, I've thrown that option out there. We even put it in a mock. Uh, you and I did a couple weeks ago, Scott. Right. I look at the board more and more, and I just don't think he gets there. I mean, I I, I know it's crazy. Six starts this past year, yeah. but that's how we're drafting this year. That's right. the game of the game. Some of these guys are going to get drafted ahead of him. Didn't even play this past year. So right. I think teams are going to take it at that position. They're going to see the amount of plays he made on the balls. Not necessarily a lot of interceptions, mm-hmm. but he made a lot of plays on the ball. He's got and they're length, take he's him got out. speed. Yes. Yeah. He's, and he's a good kid. He works hard. Yep. He loves the games. Coaches will rave about him. So I don't think Newsom will get to 32. I know people are asking about Farley. I see the, the questions. I saw the questions earlier about mm-hmm. Caleb Farley. I, I, he, I All I know is he went back for his medical rechecks, and all the reports have been that, he, that things were great. Now, right. obviously, that's probably coming from his camp. They want people to think that way. Right. I have no idea. I don't know what teams will be if there'll be clear, clarity on him or not. I think still think he doesn't get to thirty-two. And if he gets right. to thirty-two, then did every other team have a concern? You know, a lot of yeah. teams need corners, and in, in the twenty to thirty-two, right. then it gets a little scary, right? Because if he gets yeah. to thirty-two and you're Jason Light, you're looking over at your scouts, going, "Do we have the right medicals in this guy? Do we do? Do we do enough research? Why are there thirty-one of their teams 
that have passed on this guy. And uh, are we the guy that's that's going to be the chump and take him because there's something we don't know? Or are we going to get a steal in the draft because a, a, a player that probably has, what, top 12 caliber mm-hmm. um, ability falls that far? But I think, again, even with the medical concerns, John, what that means is instead of being a top 12 player, um, he's probably a top 20 player. But I don't think he gets out of the, that 25 right. range. Right. Now, if he does fall – and the medicals aren't a concern for the box. I can't yeah. speak to the medicals. I can't tell right. you if it's a good idea or not from that perspective. I mean, from on the field, Caleb Farley is a good football player. I don't think right. he's ever been quite like, oh, he's going to go top five or 10, but right. he could. He has crazy talent. He's very fast. He definitely makes plays in the football, lots of interceptions during his college career. He makes legitimate plays in the football, too. It's not, we're not talking about. You know, yeah. Gerard Holyman, if people remember from about five, six years ago, type mm-hmm. interceptions. Like we're, he makes plays in the ball. Um, does he need to improve things technically? Yes. He did not spend a ton of time in press, but he has really good press man traits. He actually played a lot of off and zone coverage. I think that'd right. be really attractive to Bulls. He has the length, the athleticism, the ball skills that the Bucks are looking for. I absolutely think he checks all the boxes the Bucks want at the position if, the, uh, if he gets there and if the other stuff isn't a concern. I tend to think one of the two will happen. Either the other stuff will be a concern and they'd pass, or he doesn't get there because the other stuff's not that big of a concern. That's how right. I see it. Ideally, though, he'd be a great pick at 32. I don't think yeah, there's any question. No doubt about that. it. Yeah. Um, so we, we've got. And then uh, I love the interior O line options, by the way, there yeah. too, Scott, with uh, Quinn Miners and Landon Dickerson. And then Peyton Turner. I don't know if you can. Yeah. The, the thing with, with Peyton Turner. Pick. It might need in, in round two and maybe a Quinn Miners in round three, Scott. Do you think? Quinn Miners in round three could be a possibility. I, I think it'd Late. be round three. Uh, I don't think it'd be round two based upon some information that I've I've gotten. Mm-hmm. But um, sure. But I, I tell you what, I wouldn't rule out Landon Dickerson at number thirty-two. Um, you know, I, mm. I, remember we had him in our, our latest mock at the first yeah. round. Not sure right. if he'll make the repeat for the final, but he be very well good. Um, uh, I asked Lance Zierlein straight up the other day, Scott. I Lance. This was on Twitter. This is everybody can see this. It's yeah. on Twitter. I said, "What about Lan-? he said he doesn't think Landon Dickerson is going to go first round." I said, "What about Landon Dickerson at thirty-two? Lance is my yeah. boy. We're we're, we're good yeah. friends. We chat a lot." He said, "No." Okay. Then he said, "So I said, all right, we'll see, man. I'm coming back to this yeah. tweet though if they take him at thirty-two. Yeah, William Butler with the super chat. We appreciate these Monday super chats very much. Uh, Bucks fans asks, "Why not Rondale Moore at thirty-two? So the interesting thing, John, is that I think there's a couple of receivers that if the Buccaneers were so inclined to take one at 32 um, or, or if they trade back maybe a few spots later, but the problem is some of these guys, Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, um, they're, they're just small and, and they're, they're really only slot receivers at the NFL because uh, of their lack of size and physicality. And, uh, and as we know, in Bruce Arians' offense, you got to be big and physical to play in the slot, a la Larry Fitzgerald, a la Chris Godwin. That's the type of, of players that, that they like in the slot because of the ability to, to block and do things, whether it be uh, right there at the point of attack or as a kind of a move H-back uh, going across the formation, getting up in the hole as a lead blocker. Those are the things that Chris Godwin does, and that's why you don't see Scotty Miller in the slot a whole bunch because – um, you know, he doesn't have the size to do that. So I think Rondale Moore and Elijah um, Moore from Ole Miss, those are two guys that are good players, but not a good fit in Tampa. It would also be the first time the Bucks have, A, taken a wide receiver this size, especially early in the draft. You know, we know they took Scotty later, who's who's smaller. Yeah. Uh, 
five nine. Scotty, yeah. Scotty five nine. Scotty's about five ten. Um, I mean, five ten. Okay, you can you can eyeball him. Well, you you won't be right. eyeballing because you'll be right. looking down at him. But but uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll check him out in person on Wednesday when you get right. to meet him. But yeah, right. five nine, five ten. Okay, but, so Rondell Moore's five seven, Scott. Five yeah. seven, and yeah. I know he's thick, and I know he's a great athlete. But I'm just saying, at the end of the day, the Bucks have never take they don't take receivers that small, and right. they don't take people with Rondell Moore skill set. Now, now yeah. could they change things? Could they say we just want a, a yak guy? We want a quick hitter guy yeah. who gets yards after the catch. They could change things absolutely. I'm not. I wouldn't even be against that. I think that'd be sweet mm-hmm. in this offense. Now it would take some. It would take some something different, right? Rondell Moore would right. have to play outside. Some Bucks do inside outside yeah. stuff with their guys. Almost everybody plays both, or you're just an outside guy. They don't have many just inside guys, and so. It would be a deviation. It would right. be a, a, a totally different type of player. The Bucks have not brought in anybody, to my knowledge, at wide receiver mm-hmm. in Jason Light's time that they've said, you're going to be our yak guy. Like, that's not really how the offense right. has worked at any point. They haven't really, they haven't really prioritized those type yeah, of players. It doesn't mean not. that guys can't do it after the catch. They just haven't. That's Rondell Moore's best trait is getting the ball in his hands. Right. I believe Jason Light has drafted seven wide receivers and only two before day three. And those two would be Chris Godwin in 2017 in the third round and Mike Evans, first round pick, seventh overall in 2014. Mm-hmm. Every other receiver has been day three, whether it's been uh, Tyler Johnson last year in the fifth round, whether it's been Justin Watson in the fifth round in 2018, I believe. Scotty Miller in 2019, Robert Haran, uh, sixth round in 2014, and Kalen Clay, he was more of a punt return guy. Um, I think that was in 2015. So, uh, But all of those guys, with the exception of Justin Watson and Tyler Johnson, are small. But yeah. all those guys are on day three, and I think they, they, they like bigger receivers. So we'll talk receivers a little bit more mm-hmm. um, uh, in a couple days, but mm-hmm. – but uh, Terrence Marshall from LSU, and I think if they're going to go for a smaller guy, I think Kadarius Tony might be an option. And I know there's a question, and John, you've written about that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to say um, there was, let's see, yeah, Pat Kerwin wonders if the Bucks should grab more picks. Uh, actually, that wasn't it. I thought there's another one. Um, oh, here it is. In 2022, that's a good point. Yeah. We come back to that one. But yeah, go, yeah, but, go ahead with fucking. Uh, but he, he he thought that that Kadarius Tony would be a good fit for the Bucks, and yeah. um, but I could see that because um, you know I've heard that that there there are some uh, some similarities between Antonio Brown and Kadarius Tony. Uh, unfortunately, kind of on and off the field, there's some off the field issues a little bit that I think might have Tony um, you know not not have the the highest stock that he could. Um, mm. I, I think some of those incidents were were a little, um, you know, they, they didn't really in, in, involve um, bad character, but more just questionable character. Mm. And so I, I think that, that that might give the Buccaneers some pause. Um, but at the same time, though, the, the guy's an electric player. And uh, yeah. I really believe they've, yeah. they've kind of been scouting Florida hard. And whether it's been taking a look at Trask, and when you look at Trask, and you look at a guy like Gadarius Tony. You look at a guy like Trevon Grimes, who could be, you know, an option at, at, at the wide receiver on day three as well. Yeah, Kadarius Tony would be another one that's a deviation, right? I mean, again, best thing he does is get the ball in his hands. He's not really yeah. a polished route runner. That's and where the Kenny AB, Bell. There's another Kenny one. Bell. Kenny Bell. Another, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Kadarius Tony, where I struggle with him and AB. I know there's some size similarities, maybe, and they can both do a little bit after the catch, but. I mean, Tony is just not very technically sound yet. He right. needs a lot of polish and refinement. Last year was really his first year. 
playing wide receiver for like a full season of getting snaps and playing wide receiver where a B that was his, you know, that's where he hung his hat on. He was the most polished receiver in the NFL for the majority of his career, you know, still up there in that regard. Um, and that's what allowed him to be the best receiver in the NFL. And so that's where, you know, Tony would be like the the rawest form maybe in some ways um, and also right. faster. And so there's intrigue and all those types of guys. Again, we're just saying it'd be a deviation from their norm. Maybe this is the year to do that. Maybe this is the year things get wild. But when we have to guess mm-hmm. at what the team is doing, we tend to stay within the parameters of, okay, the Bucks have drafted 6-1 receivers between 205 and 210. They love speed. They love leaping ability. We think we might have found a broad jump between 10-3 and 10-7 seems to be their sweet spot for almost everybody that's done it. So right. we try to build off that now that Light's been general manager as long as he has. We try to build off that and then deviate from that only kind of in extreme situations. So it could happen. We're not closing the door on it. We don't know like they dislike Rondell Moore or exactly. Tony. We just aren't going to bet on it probably. Well, and John, speaking of building, right, you can build your own empire when it comes to sports. And you can do that kind of like in the stock market. It's really cool. Uh, it's Monday, and that means that Symbol uh, is the sponsor of the Bucks Monday Mailbag. And Symbol is also the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol's blended sports in the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your, your favorite teams. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the over 2,500 early adopters, including myself. I got some some stake in this, too, uh, that have invested in their favorite teams. The stock market for sports, just a tap away. Create a free account in seconds. Start profiting from your sports knowledge, and you can do that by going to www.symbol.app backslash Peter Report. When you do that and sign up using that promo code, you're going to get a $10 deposit bonus. When you sign up, so the Simbucks franchise this week is forty three dollars. So it's a it's a cool website. Check it out, and it's a great way to. It's a new little twist to fantasy sports, John. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's really cool stuff, and everybody should check it out. Uh, Capo says he's seen a uh, mock draft that the Bucks draft wide receiver Elijah Moore. Again, definitely possible. I think Moore. If you were going to ask me, the most likely out of Kadarius Tony, Elijah Moore, um, Rondell Moore, and Mm -hmm. uh, let's say. Amari Rogers from Clemson. Mm-hmm. I think the most likely is Elijah Moore because he makes plays vertically. And I think yeah. he's the one that's polished enough that he could win outside right now. Rondell Moore, too many yeah. injuries the last couple of years. We don't know, you know, we don't want to take that guy in the first round. I don't think you don't want to right. take that kind of a risk. Kadarius Tony yeah. still just so raw, so raw at the position. I like Amari Rogers, definitely can win vertically too. Probably wouldn't be at 32, but at 64, maybe possibility yeah. for sure. He's got good size as well. Uh, he can make plays after the catch. I definitely like Amari Rogers. But at 32, I think Elijah Moore would be the most likely one out of the, if they're going to go away from their norm at wide receiver, right. he'd be the most likely guy. Yeah, he's an exciting guy, and and <laughs> although it, you you kind of wonder, right? I mean, like how much does the size make a difference? How much does size yeah. matter? Yeah. Um, but he's five nine, right? And that that's in the Scotty Miller range. Rondale Moore is five seven, right? And you look you, you look even at the arms, you've got thirty inch arms on Elijah Moore. And 28 inch arms on uh, Rondale Moore, and you've got nine and a half inch hands uh, on on Elijah Moore and mm-hmm. Rondale Moore, eight and three quarters. And really, what that means is just catch radius, John. And and I think that that's that's the the detriment to being a small wide receiver. We saw that in the first Kansas City game when Tom Brady was was rushed and 
had that interception. It was the ball was oh, yeah. a, bit, a bit underthrown for Scotty right. Moore. You just can't go up and get the ball and compete for some of those contested catches. So you got to be able to outrun guys. And if the throw isn't there on time, um, you're not going to win those those jump balls and and make those contested catches because you have such a small catch radius. And five nine, that's one thing. Five seven and twenty eight twenty eight inch corner? arms. I mean, you better be a pinpoint passer. And I think I think that's why why Rondell Moore is so pigeonholed as a slot receiver because you have to get the ball to him quickly or he's got to really beat you vertically and create separation down the field because there just isn't mar- there's there's no room for error there's no margin of error on the passes they've got to be pinpoint and and uh, the the shorter the distance the ball has to travel the more accurate it, it's going to be so i think that's why Rondale Moore is a bit limited going forward into the NFL because unless it's on smoke routes, wide receiver screens, uh, there's little quick little hitch passes uh, in, the, in the slot, it's going to be difficult to get him the ball, especially when you've got six foot corners with with long arms. Yeah, no, it's uh, he is. I mean, he has a sub seventy wingspan. Like that yeah. is bonkers. You just don't see that for a top guy. I mean, in yeah. Tutu Atwell, I think is in that. Range as well, 5'8", 155 for Tutu Atwell, though. That guy literally fits in your pocket. You're talking about Darren Sproles-like. And the thing with Sproles is he was a running back, right, who could also catch the ball. Yeah, Yeah, You're not getting contact right off the line of scrimmage as a running back. And he was a kick returner and a punt returner and uh, and brought a lot of versatility to the game. And I I just – I would not draft a five foot seven wide receiver, even one that that is not a thirty two. Yeah, no way, <laughs> and not no with way. injury here concerns. That's the exactly. other thing, Scott. Yeah, he barely played. So, right. Yeah, too much risk for me. Um, but we've addressed some of those guys, and we've talked about the bigger receivers too. And earlier podcasts, and we'll yeah. talk about them as again as well as we go through. We were actually just talking about Bucks best bets at wide receiver, so uh, we'll eventually ash all that out for sure. Three X Deep says, when does the NFL mini camp start? Slated to start in June, right? Yeah, and and uh, the interesting thing is Bruce Arians was out there at the Arians family um, golf tournament today and was asked about uh, the Buccaneers players having uh, an off season that could be uh, an adventure getting there. I think with the way yeah. this thing has unfolded uh, over the well, past few months. So, and, and the thing too, John is, is is Bruce Arians was out there at the at the Arians family uh, uh, golf tournament mm-hmm. today uh, and and was asked about his feelings on the players you know, volunteering to skip the, the voluntary minicamp right. uh, or the off-season program. He's like, I'm all for it, you know, because it's all going to be done virtually anyways in, in the in the, the film room because um, you can't do on the on the field stuff right now. So he doesn't care if the players are there in person or if they are attending virtually, which they're going to. Mm-hmm. And, and right. why would he want to have any of those players there? Because there's no quarterback throwing the ball. Right. Absolutely. You know what I'm going home about, Scott? These Playbook Products mugs. That's what yes. I care about right here. I mean, look at this. Scotty Miller's touchdown, or uh, this one's uh, Scotty Miller's touchdown before the end of the half against the Packers in the NFC Championship game. You've got the play on there. You've got the words. You Down and distance, the score, everything. You've got all the details. Beautifully made. It's wonderful. They've got the coasters. I mean, they are producing some really good stuff over at playbookproducts.com. If you're a Bucks fan, you can find great gifts, right? Great gifts. Yes. I mean, Mother's Day, Father's Day coming up. I mean, pick some of this stuff up. It's great stuff over at Playbook Products. You can get kinds of stuff they have over at their website. Uh, so check out playbookproducts.com for sure. And if you're a fan of another team, Lightning or the Rays or something like mm-hmm. that, I mean, any of these other days, they have tons of different teams, college teams, Florida, Florida State. 
go find the, the mug and find the, the the right fit for you in terms of a playbook products item because they are producing some awesome stuff. Couldn't be happier with mine. Couldn't be happier with my coasters. And I know a lot of other people that have picked some of their stuff up. We had it's somebody quality. message us the other day. Yeah, they were yes. like, I try to buy all this stuff from your sponsors. I bought playbook product stuff. I love it. They are raving about it. Uh, one of our longtime listeners. So we were uh, excited to hear that, obviously. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun We've got a little playbook product surprises coming up too on, yeah. on the show over the next few weeks. So uh, we're going to be excited about that as well. But head over there, pick up some buck stuff, get yourself ready for the draft yeah. and ready for next season, really, even already right. uh, in style for sure. John, so we're going to be talking running backs tomorrow. We got our running yes. back preview coming up, plus our running backs, Bucks best bets on the website tomorrow. So be sure to check that out. And Wednesday, if you missed the, the top of the show, we have a special announcement. Scotty Miller is going to be joining us at the mill. It's going to be a live broadcast, 7 to 8 p.m. So you want to, to be sure to uh, check out that that time change. It's going to be a little bit different. But Scotty Miller, Bucks wide receiver, is going to be joining us live for some pretty cool conversation Wednesday mm-hmm. night, 7 to 8 p.m. So check out that special time on Wednesday. We'll be Got back some great, great questions queued up for Scotty, man. I've been thinking through some great questions for him. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Tomorrow will be you and Mark on the pod, I believe. Uh, yep. And uh, so, we'll yeah, we'll have covered throughout the week and Thursday more draft talk. We keep talking about position groups. we got to cover those offensive linemen and talk about them because that's going to be the position group. Almost any round, I could see the Bucks going offensive line. So that'll be the one that we need to probably go the deepest on in yes. order to inform people the most. So fun stuff coming up as always. We appreciate y'all tuning in and listening to another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.